Wayne Desar joins us for the very first What's Next uh, of 2021. He's the Managing Director of CypherWave. Uh, firstly, Wayne, it's great to see you again. Uh, we bump into each other at every conference, but uh, you know, COVID is making us do this virtually. I hope that you're well, and I hope that 2021 is off to a great start for you, Wayne. Awesome, Aki. It's really, really good to be chatting to you. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. Um, 2021 is definitely proving to be an interesting year, as early as it is in the year, but excited. I think there, there, there's a lot, lot to come. Fantastic. Well, I've noticed that the uh, Cypherware Wave brand, you've been involved in some interesting stuff, uh, you know, in the fiber space that is. You're doing a lot of B2B fiber. Um, you are doing some B2C fiber. Um, home fiber internet so fiber is running through your blood um, and and you know you've got this home connected brand as well that you guys have been working on what is cypher wave up to yes so Aki it's quite interesting over the last 10 years uh, cypher wave has seen a significant growth in our business you know the business started out initially just focusing on connectivity um, and back then, fiber was still it was still in its infancy in terms of you know DFA building up their network. So we saw an opportunity to get involved as early back then, you know, um, connecting into the DFA network to be able to to offer our customers connectivity. Um, and uh, and we've we've grown a significant network, you know, uh, since then. Um, in 2016, uh, if we look at that trend, but going over onto the B2C space. Uh, we saw an opportunity in the fiber to the home space. It was still early days. There were a couple of leaders, um, or early adopters, I should call them, that had latched on back then. Um, and we saw uh, an opportunity in the FTTH space. So we started out uh, Home Connect. You know, four years later, um, you know, that business has grown substantially, um, you know, in terms of not only just from a customer perspective, but just in terms of the network itself and the amount of operators that have come on board. Okay, we saw so much growth um, in the first year of Home Connect that we took a decision to, to separate that business and, uh, and operate it as a separate entity. Um, and really the last three years, you know, what our focus has been, um, because we've been able to grow these businesses now, is, is just to focus more on growing out our infrastructure and, and almost, if you want to call it, just kind of steadying, steadying the business uh, to maintain that growth trajectory. You know, it's, it's um, I mean, I've been watching your story uh, for, for many years and, you know, I've spoken many times. It's great to see where you guys are going and uh, you're becoming such a great success story. It's just wonderful to see the passion that you guys have got getting to this point. And I remember the early days of CypherWave. Uh, congratulations. Now, you spoke a second ago about the infrastructure. Um, what infrastructure do you guys own? That's a very good question, Aki, especially in a market, uh, you know, in South Africa, where there is an abundance of, of choice for customers in terms of ISPs. Mm. So, you know, over the last 10 years, we've, we, we've invested quite heavily in our network. Um, we offer three, uh, you know, main products or services as such in connectivity, in cloud and in voice. And we believe that, you know, the only way to, to be able to offer a differentiator is being as close to the, in, uh, the services as possible. Um, so what we've done is we've built up our networks by interconnecting with all of the FNO providers. Um, and we then uh, built our own data center because we, 
uh, you know, six to seven years ago, saw the need for cloud and for customers wanting to move away from keeping infrastructure on premise and wanting to possibly, you know, de-risk their business by moving it into a data center. And so that became a, a pop of ours as well. And then we built up a presence in Terrico, which is where all of you know the ISPs congregate as a, as a central meeting place um, as well. What that did for us is it gave us the ability to very quickly connect um, you know, to all of the major players in the country. But there's a big, um, you know, there's a big reason behind you know, investing so much when you could just purchase the services and on-sell it. Yes. You know, and that was one of the biggest reasons for our service differentiator. So if I use DFA as an example, you know, um, we've invested in building um, infrastructure connecting directly into their business to be able to lease the last mile fiber that they own. Um, and then what happens is, is we, we, we get them to deliver the fiber to the customer. Once the, 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 the fiber, we call it a layer two fiber. Once that fiber is delivered to the customer, we then put down our, our router. We then do our routing on our network on top of that, we add our internet services and then um, able to deliver the service to the customer. Okay. Whereas if you look at other providers, you know, some providers who don't invest in infrastructure, they would go and buy what we call a layer three service or an already lit up service. And then they would bundle that with their own flavor and on offer it to the customer. But okay. there's no infrastructure that they own um, as such. And we believe the service differentiator in this space is by getting as close to the uh, you know, to the infrastructure as possible by having as much management of the network, you know, to be able to uh, to be able to carve it out um, to your own liking and create a differentiator to take to the market. Okay. So we've done that, Aki, in the fiber space. Yeah. Uh, we've done that in the cloud space as well as in the voice space, which is another massive market um, as well, where we've actually invested in infrastructure by connecting to all of the main uh, providers in the country uh, to be able to offer services to our customers and partners. Gee, that's pretty pretty impressive. And I mean, I mean, the, the market has changed so much in the last five years and continues to change. And I imagine that the demands around COVID and people working from home have been uh, fantastic for your business. How, how does uh, uh, Home Connect fit into this? And um, now is there a model for your fiber business for the home network? In terms of, is it the same as the one that you have for the CypherWave business network, for example? That's also a very good question. Um, because of all of the investments into infrastructure, we already had the network prior to launching HomeConnect. Um, and so it made natural sense for us to be able to, to get HomeConnect to piggyback off that network. The one thing we did do was we then invested in connecting into, because CypherWave connects primarily into uh, B2B FNOs. So this is the DFAs, Telcom, OpenServe, uh, which is the wholesale division of Telcom, Liquid Telecoms, and the guys that own the, you know, the infrastructure in the ground, Link Africa, et cetera. Home Connect actually connects directly into, I think it's over at last count, was 23 plus uh, fiber network oper operators nationally. So we adopted the same model, and the reason for it, Aki, again, was the, you know, our, our, our view was that um, you have a lot more flexibility once you're closer to the provider. It does help, of course, to be able to manage your cost inputs, whereas if you're just buying the service and on-selling it, um, you're pretty much dictated at whatever it is that, that, that you right. get given to you. Um, and so Home Connect as well has got an independent network connected directly um, into all of the providers on the back of our, of our core network. 
Yeah, so so basically you've you've got that established network already, and you, you're adding that additional service, and it makes complete sense because you can manage it a lot more effectively, and I guess it also makes you very competitive price-wise as well. Um, and I'm looking, and I touched on earlier on the on the on the pandemic and the demands. It's astonishing. The, the demands for cloud services, for example, high-speed internet connectivity, you know, people working from home, um, and, and the whole landscape has changed. What, what the demands that you have on data from home, never mind the work side, but the entertainment side with the likes of Netflix, etc. Um, how how has CypherWave as a group uh, adapted during the lockdown, and has business been good for you guys, both on the B two B side and on the consumer side as well? Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think that's a question that uh, every business leader gets asked. And uh, so, on the on the B two B side, we definitely did see a massive shift as we went into lockdown. Naturally, large workforces moved away from a central point to working remotely. So, you know, we saw the network getting a lot quieter um, in terms of offices and office fiber connectivity. Um, uh, as interesting enough, you know, when there's, when there's not a lot of activity on the network, it, you know, it definitely stabilized for quite a, quite a period. So we saw almost like if I, if I look at it from a utilization perspective, we saw the business network slow down and we saw a massive uptake in our fiber to the home wow. um, side of things, naturally because a number of businesses still needed to operate. They still needed to bring that revenue into the business, so they needed their, their you know, the the employees to be able to connect. So uh, there was a massive ramp up in orders coming through to Home Connect, um, you know, across the board. And I think the industry overall would have seen it. So there probably isn't a provider who, who would say to you that you know things were quiet because I think everybody you know was rushing, rushing you know, at that announcement of level five. To be able to, you know, to to get to to get online, um, you know, one of the nice things about it as well was we saw um, cloud, which which was a business that that not not that it was doing poorly, um, you know, but it was growing very slowly. You know, every cloud provider, cloud provider, sorry, if you speak to them, will tell you that you know the uptake in terms of their products and services was 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 fair to to good, uh, mm -hmm. but it wasn't amazing. And over the last six to eight months, you know. You don't need to educate people about you know, about cloud. You know, COVID has has been that enabler. So we saw our cloud side of our business, you know, also start to spike where customers are starting to move, um, you know, the ERP systems that traditionally sat yes. in their offices into our cloud because they needed more capacity. They needed to be able to do things. Um, uh, we saw a shift in our voice business as well, where a lot of customers who had voice services to their business needed services like mobile apps and we have a glowcom app that we're able to give you which you can download and just connect and you can call your customers out from your office number um, and continue to operate and so we saw aspects of our uh, products within the b2b space um, you know picking up where others where uh, it required or it delivered into the office environment almost stagnate we saw a massive increase in our in our fiber to the home business that's astonishing. And I guess, you know, Wayne, uh, you know, a lot of people in March and April of last year, everybody thought that, you know, come December, January, things will be back to normal, right? Well, the truth is, we're now in January and things are worse now than they were in, in March. I mean, when I say worse, there's no sign 
of us going back to that normal way of doing things. And, uh, you know, everyone, well, most people, should I say, still working remotely. You look at the banks. I mean, I remember Adrian Gore telling me, he says, by, by January, February, we expect to be back to normal. But you know, this is the unpredict- unpredictability of this pandemic. You just cannot predict it. And now they're talking about a third and a fourth wave. Um, and, and, and these companies are now looking to continue on that home scenario, work from home, etc. How does that home connect plan, uh, I mean, how are you going to keep up with this incredible growth you've experienced? I mean, you said earlier that it, it did this. Are you guys able to sustain that growth and, and, and be able to service that growth? So, uh, you know, the short answer, Aki, is yes. Uh, one of the early decisions to separate Home Connect as a business gave us an ability to actually evaluate how that business was growing. And we could see it in the first year mm. that, um, you know, in terms of where the FNOs are rolling out and, and the rate at which, and, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you being in the industry have seen it as well. There's always this, this healthy banter between uh, telecom in terms of how many homes pass they have. And, you know, uh, if you look at Rumatel, how many homes pass they have. If you're in Cape Town, Octotel, et cetera. So, so that's healthy because you have a lot of investment, um, you know, uh, from the providers to be first into an area. Um, and, and, and at that stage, what we had done is we started to ramp the business up. So I'd like to think that, you know, we were somewhat ahead uh, to an extent where we, where we could see in our numbers that, you know, we are expecting faster, you know, growth in it in terms of what we were getting from the fiber network operators and what we were seeing from signups. So we have that ability to cater. On the business side, it's more so around um, how do we tweak the technologies to support the customers? Uh, and I'm trying to figure out the right way to put it. So it's not so much, you know, a massive intake on sales. You know, as I said, what you're seeing is businesses more evaluating and maybe cutting yeah. down on some services. You know, some businesses cutting back completely. We've seen a number of customers in the marketing industry saying we have no need for our office anymore. We want to cancel our services, but, you know, we need to increase, um, you know, our remote workforce services. Is this something you can do? And that was the benefit um, we saw at that time for Home Connect. We were saying, okay, your business fiber, you know, we're going to cancel that, but let us bring in, you know, we're able to serve your team there. Another interesting thing that happened, I just want to move to um, Aki last year was um, where we saw a massive uptake of bandwidth. You mentioned Netflix. So some, suddenly the consumption of services online started to peak. And I think, thankfully, there what happened was the FNOs, uh, fiber network operators, uh, saw this coming and, and, and they uh, went out on, on a massive marketing scale to say, we're going to open up our infrastructure and open up our pipes. And they launched a double your bandwidth offering. And yes. I'm sure you're a fiber customer because I know that. You would have received a notification to say, hey, you know, Vumatel is, is, is increasing its capacity. Um, and because of, our, again, our investment in that infrastructure, it was seamless for us to meet the requirement of the FNOs and offer that to all of our customers across Vumatel, um, you know, Metro Fiber, Frogfoot, and the likes that offered the service. That's fantastic. And, you know, the, you know when you jump from 50 megs to a 100 meg line, you really do notice the difference. You know, you think, uh, you know, do I need to, you know, 20 is good enough for me. But when you're starting to use lots of different things, 
you really get the benefit of it, you know, and, and just jumping to a 4K Apple TV, for example, and a 4K uh, yeah. television, when you start watching movies, you know, you really do appreciate that, that uh, 100 meg line even more so. So completely get where you're at. And, and it's not a big jump in price, you know, for what you're getting and the value that you're getting and the, the satisfaction that you're getting from that connection. It's just absolutely magnificent. Um, last year, you guys made an announcement, and it was a very interesting one. You bought Broadlink. Uh, tell us about this acquisition. Yes, Aki, that was quite interesting. And I mean, I'm smiling because um, I'm, uh, just on, the, on your comment that you made about the, about the W bandwidth, I was one of the recipients. I had a 50 meg link, and uh, my bandwidth was doubled to 100. And I, I actually just went back into the guys' um, when the promotion was downgraded and I said, no, I've got to upgrade my, I can't, I can't downgrade it now. I've yeah. been so spoiled for, you know, for such great access around my house. My kids are working online. So uh, I, the reason I was smiling was because, you know, I, I could so relate. Uh, and I was one of the people that took advantage of the upgrade and stayed it, you know, as it was. So, um, you know, so on the Broadlink acquisition, that was quite an interesting one. Uh, you know, the acquisition flows through a, July of 2020 um, and hindsight is an interesting thing because you know we went into that acquisition in the height of COVID and I don't think anyone can ask for a bigger challenge because we had to move a customer a migrate uh, you know wireless customers off the traditional legacy broadlink network um, and then of course there's the thing of integrating you know a business which is no small task mm. at all but one of the biggest reasons that, you know, we felt it was the right uh, uh, deal for us was there were quite a few similarities, you know, and I'll just name it three. I'll just name three. You know, one was that, you know, Broadlink provided fiber connectivity uh, to, to a customer base. And we happen to already have this national footprint, you know, connectivity into all of the FNOs. Uh, and we felt that it was just a natural fit. So we would gain customers. Uh, you know, seamlessly, I use the word quite loosely, but because of the fact that we had the in infrastructure, we could obviously, you know, connect them into it. The other was, the second was, uh, you know, they had a, a, a large wireless presence because of the amazing network that Broadlink had built up yes. over the years. Uh, and we felt that whilst, you know, Cypher was not very strong in wireless, and we have a lot of wireless partners, um, it wasn't part of the business that we focused on. We offered it as a, as a value add. So it would strengthen a product set that we had that we felt was doing pretty okay if I had to yeah. use language loosely. Um, and then the last portion was what was quite exciting for me was Broadlink wasn't um, offering cloud to any of its customers. And we were quite strong at CypherWave in cloud. So it offered us an opportunity to be able to develop, you know, growth in, an, in, in, a, in a service into a customer base. The last similarity was, you know, CypherWave's go-to market is we uh, have a large partner base, a partner ecosystem that we offer our services to, and we have, you know, a, a fairly decent direct customer base where Broadlink had a large partner ecosystem okay. um, of, of, of ISPs and providers that ordinarily CypherWave would be seen to compete with. Um, and uh, two years ago, we started an aggregator business because of an internal problem we, uh, or challenge we had in the business, which was how do we bring our operational costs of our network down? So we were looking at ways to solve this problem. Um, and we partnered with another ISP. We started a business called Aggregator Networks, Aggregation Networks, sorry. 
And uh, we were able to pool our networking. So we went to the providers, we, we, we purchased more infrastructure and access, and that gave us the ability to bring our input costs down. And fundamentally, I mean, I'm giving away a bit of the house secret, but that was one of the deciding factors saying there was the benefit for us to do that, owning a network and be seen a synergy in the partnerships to be able to, you know, bring the businesses together. I guess it was a perfect fit and, it, and it's exciting to watch your growth uh, trajectory. I mean, uh, what is what does it look like ahead for you guys? I mean, what is this next year going to bring for CypherWave? Uh, are you looking at more acquisitions? Are you going to continue along this 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 growth trajectory that you're going through? Yes, Aki, you know, it's, uh, we've always kept our focus you know, twofold. Uh, if I look at the, you know, the short to, uh, to medium term is to continue the investment in our network. You know, again, in the height of COVID, uh, April last year, we had inked a deal with the fiber network operator to buy bigger capacity. Um, and uh, we were looking past COVID saying, we seen you know, the demand for access and we always want to remain competitive. The only way to do that is to be able to have access to infrastructure, to be able to leverage that. So right. that's one of our short to medium term goals of focusing on our, on our infrastructure uh, and making sure we can always meet the demands, the demands of either you know, our B2B business um, uh, customers or our home customers in the way of, of Home Connect. The more kind of, as we go into the medium term plan, you know, one of the things that we've seen and you may have already seen is that the market um, has been flooded with stories of, of security breaches on networks. And that's probably the one thing that keeps me awake, you know, uh, looking at, you know, the size of our business as, uh, and the growth in our business and the customers we have, um, you know, it's a big concern. So fortunately, you know, what I've been focusing on is, is developing a, you know, a strong partnership with a security partner. Uh, and we selected Fortinet or Fortigate as the product that we wanted to focus on. Um, you know, uh, so that brings a lot of value for us in terms of being ready or, or security aware around what we need to do, not just for our connectivity customers, but mostly our customers that are in the cloud as well. Um, and where we can see what we can offer to end users as well so that they can be able to, you know, protect their networks. So there, there definitely is a play on security, which is what I'm focusing on in terms of minimizing our overall group business risk. Um, you know, Fortigate is that product that we've pegged on from a firewall perspective. One of the nice things about it, you know, with the remote workforce and what you would have heard of as SD-WAN has now become even more relevant. Yes. And Fortigate has a brilliant SD-WAN product. So uh, you can see how the synergies and the decision-making are so closely knit to, to fix, fixing some of the real problems um, that we have right now. Um, and then more long-term is looking at, you know, where our customers are, are looking to be. Um, Aki, last year I attended the Jitex conference that was in Dubai. Um, and uh, I know you must be thinking, but it was lockdown. How did you travel internationally? Uh, fortunately, it was in December. Um, and so uh, I was able to attend it. And it was amazing to see, you know, some of the technologies that were presented out. Um, and, you know, D Dubai has got a, a, a very, very strong focus on using technology to, to enable the economy. Yes. And so you had some really amazing technologies being showcased there. So um, there are really two areas that, that I basically uh, will be focusing on. And it was one of the reasons why I attended the conference, just to see you know, how much movement there is. One of it is in AI, 
the reason we want to focus on AI is because um, specifically we believe AI can enable our businesses or our customers' businesses um, from better uh, improving on the current assets they have. So if you take, um, you know, I'll give you one, one of the verticals where we do quite well in is manufacturing customers. If you look at manufacturing, you know, um, you know, most of them have got a large scale equipment in, in their warehouses that they use, whether it's CNC devices, um, and if some of the, uh, you know, the AI technologies that we're looking at is um, paired uh, with uh, IoT. So it's sensors that talk into um, applications that give you predictable outputs around when you need to service those CNC machines to get the optimal productivity out of it, therefore improving longevity um, of the device. Gee, I mean, it's... So yeah, I mean, you guys have got your hands full. I mean, and, and I love that uh, technology that you just spoke about. I mean, just adding that agility and uh, the value to your business. You know, you can imagine if those machines had to go down, what it would cost the business to get things back up operational when you have a sudden breakdown like that. And uh, and, and the security aspect is uh, is a huge, huge portion going forward. And I think a massive focus for many organizations this year. Well, listen, it's 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 great to chat to you, Wayne, and uh, thank you for sharing the insights into where you're taking CypherWave uh, into 2021. Uh, it's a very exciting ride for you, and it's fantastic to see the organization really growing and moving into all sorts of different avenues in the space of technology, the cloud space, AI, fiber, home, business. You know, you're offering this incredible bouquet of services. It's wonderful to see. Uh, we wish you lots of luck and hope to catch up with you in the next few months to see how 2021 has been going. Uh, Wayne Desar, Managing Director of CypherWave, thank you for joining us on What's Next. Thank you, Aki, and be safe.